Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm Chris Reeve, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Many of you may not know this, but I have a sister with autism. She's significantly older than I am, and she doesn't truly have a formal autism diagnosis, although that is clearly what she has. That's because when she was young, she actually wouldn't have qualified under the diagnostic criteria then. We really didn't have an autism criteria then. She has a formal diagnosis of cerebral palsy, but that really doesn't describe what goes on with her. And let me take a few minutes to assure you that she knows that I talk about her when I train and talk and write. Her experience in school was not positive, and I'll talk a bit more about that in this episode. And because of that, she supports me in trying to help educators better understand students like her. She has a high school diploma, and she went through school with no assistance. She's been married for 38 years to a man who has developmental disabilities, and they live together semi-independently with help from our family, and then additional help through the Medicaid waiver in our state. So why am I telling you this? Well, it's almost April, and April is traditionally the month that we in the autism community focus on, quote, autism awareness, unquote. I put that in quotes because that's a concept that made sense 10 or 20 years ago when no one really knew what autism was. But now, I see commercials for financial companies in which parents talk about how they have a child with autism. And the commercial isn't about autism. It shows up in half the TV shows that I watch that have nothing to do with autism. And it's been the subject of many mainstream TV shows for good or bad, depending on your opinion. So I'm thinking that we're all pretty much aware of what autism is or that it exists at least now. But there's still some things that people aren't very aware of about autism. And there are still some things that our society isn't always very good at like accepting, understanding, and appreciating autism. So those are the things that I want to focus on as we get ready to kick off April this year. And I've got some ideas about how you can help your school and community to focus on that this year. So let's get started. After that long introduction, I want to really focus on acceptance of autism this year and some things that I think we, as educators, need to do to help that happen within our schools and communities. As I mentioned, this is a topic that's pretty important to me as a sibling of someone on the spectrum. For those of you who haven't been around for my previous blog post about my sister, she's older than I am, and that means that when she was a child, that was before there were really any real criteria for autism. And when criteria first came out, and then into the 1990s, As someone with average cognitive skills, she still wouldn't have fit the criteria. So she wasn't identified. And she never had a really good fit for the criteria about what her disability was. So in our family, this is just who she was. It wasn't autism or cerebral palsy or anything else. It was just her. So to give you a little bit of background on her, she has an average IQ and she went through school in the 60s and 70s 
with no support or any real understanding of the issues that she struggled with. She had some speech therapy when she was preschool age, but no other types of supports other than my family and the occasional teacher who intuitively understood her. And despite this lack of support, she had an amazing memory and she went on to graduate from high school and she got an associate's degree in accounting. She got married to someone who also had a developmental disability. They've been married for 38 years and she lived somewhat independently with support for money management and some other things. She got that support initially from my family and later through a Medicaid waiver in our state. My parents owned their own business and she worked for them for 12 years and she struggled to find employment after that because there were not a lot of good employment options in our town. But let me go back to her earlier years for a bit. Her experience in school was really pretty terrible. She was bullied relentlessly based on her reports and my family's reports. And those experiences made an indelible and horrible mark on her emotional state that has had lifelong effects for her. In addition to autism, she has issues with anxiety and depression, like more than 40% of individuals with ASD. Now, granted, that was many, many years ago. But I'm here to tell you that to this day, in her 60s, when someone suggests doing anything new involving meeting new people, she refuses pretty strenuously at first. And the first thing she says is that she did that in school and it was terrible and she's not doing it again. Her psychiatrist recently made a diagnosis that I should have realized that she had. He diagnosed her with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Essentially, she flashes back to those situations in school whenever she thinks about going into new social situations, which are difficult for her anyway. She can recall each one of those bullying incidences in amazing difficulty like it was yesterday. It has not faded from her memory. So why am I telling you about someone who went through school 50 years before the students that you teach? It's not because I want to talk about my sister. It's because we have many, many students with autism who are experiencing these types of situations in our schools right now. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't, but it's still happening. And even if it's not happening overtly, and I know and truly hope that in 50 years, we have made some progress in this area until we not only accept, but appreciate students with autism for who they are, we haven't solved the problem. Because if students aren't accepted and appreciated for their strengths and gifts, and all of them have them, then they know it, no matter how sophisticated others are at hiding it. So how do we address this? What if instead of raising awareness this April, we focused on raising appreciation and acceptance and hashtag celebrating differences? The Autism Society of of America has focused their campaign on this this year. And I agree because there's a lot to celebrate. And I think this ties into another thing you have and probably will see more of on social media. More autism self-advocates who are individuals who are on the spectrum are speaking out about how the world sees them. They're much more vocal about how they perceive autism awareness, lighted up blue, and being represented by a puzzle piece and more. There's been more of a push on focusing on neurodiversity which as we push as a society toward more inclusivity, I think is a great approach. 
So there is some discussion about whether we should be focusing on autism as a disability. There is a lot of work to be done, and there are a lot of people who have to be included and considered, from children to adults on the spectrum, at all different levels, and also their families and communities. My focus is on keeping the respect of the individuals at the forefront and recognizing that there is no one approach that is going to match the needs or strengths of every individual on the spectrum or their support system. So here is what I propose for this April this year. What if instead of talking about what autism is, we spent the month talking about the amazing things that individuals with autism bring to our society? Here are some examples of ways that we could do that. Number one, explore what adult advocates have to say about their own autism and how they see it. Get to know what they think and what they think about what other people say about their autism. And I'll share some resources and links to that in the blog post for this episode. Number two, highlight for your students and school staff, individuals with autism, individuals that you've researched in number one, but also individuals who are well-known in our society for their accomplishments. That's not to say that these are the only individuals on the spectrum that we should talk about, but instead it is a way to hold up individuals they may already know of and be familiar with and pointing out that they have ASD. People like the actors Anthony Hopkins and Dan Aykroyd, the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi Tiari, Temple Grandin, and that's just a few of them. And again, I'll put some links in the blog post for that. And then take number two a step farther and have individuals from your school who have graduated and gone on to work in the community come to school and talk about their lives and what they do. Have them talk about what autism means to them and what they do in your community. And number four, finally, when you do talk about autism, don't focus only on the deficits or the symptoms. Are there barriers and deficits? Of course they are. Are they important for people to know about? Because they are important for the families and the support systems and for making our government and our society understand the need for supports for these individuals? Absolutely. Trust me, I understand it's a disability. And I am not saying that we should not acknowledge that. But there are individuals in the autism community who would push back on that. But I think that we really should focus as we build awareness and acceptance and appreciation. We need to focus on some of the strengths that these individuals have. It could be something simple, which really isn't simple, like my sister's amazing memory for everything that ever happened. When my family wanted to know anything that ever happened in our history, she's the person that we call. As she's gotten older and that memory has deteriorated, that's been a loss for my family. Every song she ever heard, she knows all the words to. That's a huge strength. Something like her ability to focus intensely on work that others might find difficult to focus on or get distracted from, you won't find a better worker for a job than her. And yet finding a job for her was always so difficult in our community. Focusing on the strengths of the students we teach is a huge element in the way we talk about them around them and around other students. And it makes a difference about how they perceive themselves and how others perceive them. And it sends the message that they should be appreciated for these gifts that they bring. 
Those are just some of the ways that you can help to build appreciation and acceptance of autism within your community. I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas. I'll include some resources for learning from our adult self-advocates who have ASD and what they think in the blog post for this episode at Autism Classroom Resources slash episode 73. And one last thing I will say is to look for organizations that focus on listening to those on the spectrum and looking for information and where to donate support and funds. I am a big supporter of the Autism Society of America, and I sit on their panel of professional advisors. I do this in part because they also have a panel of individuals on the spectrum, and they listen equally to both sets of advisors. And that is how it should be. I'll be sharing more thoughts and suggestions on my Instagram and Facebook feeds starting April 1st, and I would love to hear about how you promote acceptance and appreciation in your schools and communities. If you're an educator, hop over and join our free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com and answer the three questions, and we'll be sure to get you in to join the discussion. I'll be back next week with a new episode. I hope to see you then. And until then, thank you once again for everything that you do for your students.